0: Welcome to the Austin Parks Cast from your friends at Austin Parks Foundation. Join us for conversations that'll give you an inside look at Austin's outdoor spaces. We'll meet you outside.
1: Meet me outside. Meet me outside.
0: Today, you'll hear a conversation with Laura Esparza from the Austin Parks and Recreation Department. But first, here's a word from our presenting sponsor. The Austin Parks Cast is presented by Cirrus Logic. Cirrus Logic provides innovative, high-performance signal processing products that rock. Learn how their hardware and software solutions elevate consumer experiences at cirrus.com. And we're back. This episode may have been released on Halloween, but today we're focusing on Dia de los Muertos, happening November 1st and 2nd. We want to give our listeners the opportunity to learn about the role our parks play in this centuries-old celebration, including where and how you can participate in Austin, even in ways you might not expect. Did you know our city's Parks and Recreation Department is also responsible for some of our historic cemeteries, museums, and cultural centers? It's true. In today's episode, Kathleen will talk with Laura Esparza, the Division Manager of the Museums and Cultural Programs Division for the Austin Parks and Recreation Department. Laura talks to us about some of our city's colorful history, details about important events around town, and a few ways we can stay engaged with our historic cemeteries and cultural programs year-round. Without further ado, I'll hand it off to Kathleen to get our conversation started. Take it away, Kathleen.
1: Thanks,
2: Grant. Today, we're so pleased to welcome Laura Esparza, the Division Manager for Museums and Cultural Programs in Austin's Parks and Recreation Department. Thank you for being here, Laura. Thank you for having me. Well, first of all, can you tell us a bit about your role as division manager at PARD and what areas are in your purview?
1: Sure. Um, Well, I have the honor of serving the people of Austin as a division manager of our tremendous resource of museums and cultural centers. In fact, you know, in the United States, um, for cities of our size, we have the most number of uh, city-owned and city-operated museums and cultural centers. So it's an extraordinary uh, resource for young and old uh, to take advantage of uh, low cost or free access to arts, history, and nature. And nature is an important part of it because we are after all in the Parks Department, but um, also um, we recognize that artists take great inspiration from nature and that so many aspects of our cultures um, include nature. So my areas of purview include small museums like the O. Henry and the Susanna Dickinson, um, the old bakery and Emporium, the Elizabeth May, and our newest facility, which is Oakwood Cemetery Chapel. And I'm excited about telling you more about Oakwood later. But we also have the major cultural centers um, the Dowdy Arts Center, uh, the George Washington Carver Museum Cultural and Genealogy Center, the Emma S. Barrientos Mexican American Cultural Center, which we just affectionately call the MAC, and the AEIC, the Asian American Resource Center. So we cover all cultures through our cultural centers that provide um, theater. Uh, art schools for kids, art classes for adults. Uh, They have museums and galleries, and they are known uh, to do a few festivals. We do a lot of celebrating of uh, major cultural festivals in Austin, um, including Via de los Muertos.
2: Yeah, it's uh, amazing to me how much programming, how much is, is going on in all these cultural centers that people might not always be aware of. Um,
1: and we really during, wanted, to, oh, yeah. We during all, a normal year, um, yeah. I mean, a year without COVID. Yeah. Um, we uh, produce about 4,000 programs a year. Oh
2: my gosh, that's incredible. Even during COVID, I, I remember seeing so many things on um, the park's Instagram about virtual programming. It was kind of amazing how much pivoting happened and how much program was was still available from these cultural centers, so.
1: Yeah, I, it was really awesome how quickly uh, my staff could pivot because uh, we didn't have much time, no. um, but we learned new skills really fast as many, many people did across our city. Yeah. And we produced thousands of um, online programming uh, that is still available because it's on Pard's YouTube channel and will be perpetually um, and also, we recognize moving forward that really doing a hybrid program where you have a live component, but then you also offer it to people online, live and then taped, really provides more access uh, to people who can't get there for yeah. whatever reason. Um, and so we're going to continue uh, to use the um, the hybrid model. Um, producing more programming on YouTube.
2: Oh, that's great. Yeah, we, we learned a very similar kind of um, lesson. Uh, you know, there were some people that we felt we sort of lost by having only virtual programming and then people that we felt we gained um, by having virtual programming. And so this sort of hybrid, this hybrid model really, it sort of seems like a way to go going forward. And of course, you know, it's all going to continue to, to evolve, but that does seem right. to how you capture the most people.
1: Yeah, that was the silver lining. Yeah. Um, you know, in that we could reach people from all over the world, and we did. Uh, our um, African American book club that we offered online uh, from the Carver, we had visitors from Germany uh, wow. participating in a book club about African-American science fiction. That's incredible. I know. It was just amazing how we could reach people all over the world that now know what Austin, who Austin, where Austin is. You know, we're on the map.
2: Yeah, I love that. Well, despite the fact that it's going to be 90 degrees today, it is fall, and we're beginning to see signs of Dia de los Muertos around the city. We'd love to know more about what PARDS facilities are doing to celebrate this year.
1: Well, you can really sense fall in the air, you know, and when I, I get that smell of fall, I know it's time for Villa de los Muertos, um, which is um, a traditional uh, Mexican uh, celebration, um, but it goes back many centuries uh, to pre columbian Uh, peoples that um, celebrated uh, the day, the days, November 1st and 2nd, um, to recognize their dearly departed. You see, um, pre-Columbian peoples believed that uh, our life was really in two parts. We have the corporal part, and then we have the spiritual part, the one that happens after we decease. And uh, they really thought that the, the, the other side, uh, that the spiritual side was more important and more succinctly who we are uh, as people. Um, and so you know, the the is what is not necessarily a celebration of death. It's a celebration of the cycle of life, of, um, of uh, a good life, Uh, turning into a good death uh, and celebrating both sides of a person's existence. Um, And so it's a very, very special celebration that's been adopted in the US, specifically by cultural centers like the MAC um, that um, really created a new, um, really a new era uh, for Via de los Muertos Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it it had kind of died down a little bit in Mexico and isn't really celebrated everywhere in Mexico, Uh, mostly in southern Mexico, but not so much in northern Mexico. Uh, But the cultural center movement in um, the 1960s and 70s in the United States really revived it and made it a really integral part of the life uh, and culture of Mexican Americans in the U.S. So we are celebrating it. We celebrate it every year at the Mac. Uh, it's a very colorful. It's a very um, entertaining. Um, it's on November the first and second, both days from five to nine, which is the way that it's traditionally celebrated in Mexico. Um, I've been to Oaxaca for Dia de los Muertos uh, on the first and second, and. <laughs> It's, first of all, it's so visually uh, stunning. Uh, All of the colors, all of the flowers, um, all of the amazing um, installations that are created over people's graves uh, and families picnicking on the graves. And then um, the graveyard, the cemeteries are filled with music, not only music made by the families, but bands, orchestras, that are, um, are uh, brought in uh, to entertain the mourners or the celebrators as, you, as we look at both sides of the coin in this celebration. I think it's also a wonderful way to celebrate nature, not only because of the use of natural uh, components like flowers and sugarcane, um, but also because people take great counsel in being out in nature. You spend the night outdoors at your loved one's grave and you see the stars uh, and you appreciate the trees. Um, And I think it's a wonderful thing to do in the Parks Department because our parks were uh, a place where people who were recovering from COVID or recovering from a loved one who passed because of COVID, They took refuge in our parks. Our parks were amazingly busy. Yeah. Um, We were really busy um, because people found a place to grieve that was a great consolation because of our beautiful rivers and lakes and trees and flora and fauna. It's just a wonderful place to be when um, when you're grieving. Yeah. Um, so it's also a wonderful place to be when you're celebrating <laughs> yeah. and uh, you can come out to the Emma Espadientos Mexican American Cultural Center. Um, it is on a Monday and Tuesday, uh, but those are the traditional days of celebration um, starting from five to nine. And they've got a full lineup of bands, like five bands a night uh, with uh, community altars, Uh, Sugar skull making, um, people dressed up uh, in costume, makeup, Um, we're going to have low riders on display, I believe on the second, food trucks. Uh, So it's really quite the celebration. Uh, We do ask that uh, you sign up uh, because we we are going to limit the attendance a little bit. So ensure that there is social distancing available okay. uh, and I believe that it is available you can find all of those links on the Mac website okay. um, the Emma is we'll, we'll provide
2: those in the show notes uh, for for people who are listening to
1: yeah,
2: yeah. wonderful
1: so that's a one way another way that we celebrate uh, is with a uh, an event that happens every year at the uh, um, <laughs> the Botanical Gardens, yes. the Zilker Botanical Gardens, does a, an annual festival called Roots and Wings. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a kind of a combination of Arbor Day and uh, Monarch Appreciation Day. Mm-hmm. Um, they all, they've already had their kickoff, um, but they continue with their celebration through, I believe, November 6th. Uh-huh. Um, and there's a couple of event, events coming up. On the 1st, actually, at the MAC, they're collaborating with the MAC on their, uh, on their Via dos Muertos uh, festival by having um, a monarch um, uh, release party <laughs> uh, at 5.15 at the MAC. Um, and that's really cool because butterflies are one of the symbols of our uh, our dearly departed loved ones spirits as they fly off to the spirit world and that goes back many many thousands of years that that has been the symbol for the spirit of the depart of the departed so that, um, is very appropriately on November first, and on November third, there's a monarch sanctuary celebration that is taking place with hands-on activities. And I, I assuming assume this is at Zilker Botanical Gardens as well on the third at three o'clock. So that's all on our parks website.
2: We we help out with the planning on uh, Roots and Wings. I'm part of the planning committee, and um, it's a really wonderful. It's it's changed. Each year has been a little bit different because of, um, you know, last year was totally virtual and this year it's, we've got the in-person components and have tried to make it more accessible by offering these sort of satellite events and micro grants for different organizations to be able to have their own celebrations. So it's, it's neat to hear about how, you know, the MAC is taking on sort of their own, you know, version of that event. It's a different event at Zilker. Um, So you get to have this really diverse experience of the whole event.
1: Yeah, it's a very wonderful event.
0: Before we dive back into the episode, here's a quick word from our sponsors. The Austin Parks Cast is brought to you by ACL Music Festival. Taking place in Soaker Park in Austin, Texas, ACL Fest has generated over $41.6 million for Austin's park system since 2005. Learn more at aclfestival.com. The Austin Parks Cast is also brought to you by Wheatsville Co-op. Wheatsville is a full-service natural foods cooperative grocery store that's been serving Austinites since 1976. Learn more at op. Thanks so much to our sponsors for making our podcast possible. Let's get back to the episode.
1: You know, the other site that's having an event is Montopolis, um, Recreation Center, and uh, they're hosting a family workshop on, uh, well, today, on October 31st called Flor y Café, and uh, Flowers and Coffee. Um, And it is brought to us by Proyecto Teatro in collaboration with Montopolis, Uh, and this is a workshop for children and adults, uh, about building um, marigold installation pieces for Day of the Dead celebrations. So it's really in preparation for Day of the Dead. Um, participants will learn how to uh, build a cross or a garland or an arch or a to use in your own um, family altar um, um, installations you know, if you're building one at home. Um, and then they're gonna uh, take some of these finished pieces and transport them to San Jose Cemetery, one of our historic cemeteries in East Austin for the Fandango de los Muertos. It's a site-specific Day of the Dead Festival and families will have the opportunity to take home their creation or to um, take their creation to San Jose Cemetery for that Day of the Dead Festival. Uh, So that's another uh, way to celebrate a very auspicious day in Austin. Um, The workshop is free, as is the um, festival at the MAC is also free. And, you know, most of our uh, workshops provide uh, free uh, supplies as well for building these things. Wow. Um, I know I'm erecting an altar at the MAC this year uh, for the second year in a row this one for my brother. So I'm very excited and very honored that I get to build um, an altar for my brother. Um, But um, we also feature many altars by veterans and families of veterans, um, because this is also the way that we celebrate Veterans Day. In collaboration with the Austin Veterans Arts Association, who do a festival every year called Ava Fest. We join with them to recognize the contribution of veterans, the lives of veterans, by inviting them to build altars to veterans at the MAC. Gosh, it's
2: such a, a really incredible array of events happening all at once. I also wanted to talk a little bit about the historic cemeteries in Austin. Um, Many people don't know that PARD manages several historic cemeteries. Um, Can you tell us a bit about what Oakwood is doing this time of year?
1: Well, this time of year, Oakwood is getting ready to launch its newest online exhibit. When we got started with Oakwood just a couple of years ago, um, we talked with the public about what they wanted to see and do at Oakwood. We had quite a lot of community engagement so that we understood how our community, uh, Oakwood's community, wanted to use that facility. There is, uh, right now, movement across the globe to utilize facilities at cemeteries as interpretive sites or museums. And so this is not new to Austin, Uh, This is a phenomenon that we have observed throughout Europe and now more so in the U.S. Uh, You see that um, historic cemeteries in particular are using the the tools that museums provide to interpret um, the historic museum and to illuminate the lives that are commemorated in that cemetery. So we decided that we really wanted to be a space for um, spiritual communing with nature. Uh, we wanted to use a space to illuminate the lives of those that were buried at Oakwood Cemetery because they were really um, the people who built our city in the 19th century. Oakwood was founded as a city cemetery way back in about 1839 and has been going ever since. The um, facility, the chapel was built in the early part of the 20th century, but it was not uh, intended to be a church. It was intended to be a community gathering space where a community could gather for uh, the passing of uh, one of its members, because at the time there were no funeral homes. Uh, there was the need to have some space that wasn't a person's home where commemorations could take place. We're still committed uh, to holding commemorations at this space, um, but because it's a very small space, we found that we really needed to do our exhibits virtually, uh, digitally. And so you can see the digital exhibits there at Oakwood, or you can see them on your laptop if you go to Oakwood Cemetery's uh, website. uh, And they've done quite a few of them. They're they're very interesting. uh, They go deep into Austin's history. Uh, And the latest one is called To Relate. Uh, To Relate is an exhibit about uh, Native American history of Texas and how Native American tribes related to each other and how they related to the settlers. Um, that came later. It's a very, very interesting uh, exhibit with lots of maps, lots of stories, and a great video uh, that staff uh, pulled together about um, the Camino uh, Real, which was built upon, it was a a Spanish highway that was built upon the uh, Native American trails that had been there for thousands of years. It's very interesting uh, because a lot of the video takes place on Parkland and really shows how embedded history is in our park trails. You know, it goes into the uh, uh, type of archaeology that uncovers the locations of historic settlements and trails uh, using environmental markers. And that's fascinating how a swale, a piece of land, I mean, like a, a a dip in the land can be an indicator for an ancient trail or highway here in Texas. And so I, I invite everybody to take a look um, at this exhibit, which is online now, uh, or come in for a free tour of uh, Oakwood Cemetery. And we have these year-round, but it also might be a wonderful way to celebrate Villavillais Muertos. To come on by between Wednesday and Sunday, 12 to five, and we have staff prepared and ready to provide free tours of the cemetery uh, to anyone who comes by. So this is um, how we'll continue to remember, you know, the lives, African-American, Latino, Asian, and uh, Anglo peoples who built the city. It's a very uh, diverse cemetery because for many years it was one of the only cemeteries in town. So it's a very interesting, very, very interesting place.
2: It really is. Um, I had a chance to go on a tour uh, a couple of years ago, and I uh, really, pretty early on uh, in its opening, you know, after the renovation, and it was just fascinating. You know, I've been to other cities where the cemeteries are really activated, you know, and there's a lot of things going on. And I feel like now, because of the work that's been done at Oakwood, that's happening more in Austin, this sort of sense yes. that you go to a cemetery and that's a, really a, a place not just to mourn, but also to learn about our history and to celebrate people. And um, it was a very, a really, really fascinating experience.
1: Yes, it's a very interesting cemetery. And we are finding uh, tour buses pull up with uh, out of town visitors who are coming specifically to see the the cemetery. And we take them through discrete parts of the cemetery um, that are already paved so that we don't disturb any graves. Uh, So we're very careful. Uh, It is an old and very sensitive area. Uh, So we keep people uh, to sidewalks or roads for their safety, but also uh, to preserve um, the cemetery. It is open to the public and anyone can walk anywhere they like. As long as they really respect the fact that this is a cemetery, We, we expect everyone and most everyone does treat it with respect. Can
2: you tell us any like particularly interesting stories or about any sort of historic figures that are at Oakwood Cemetery, just some highlights?
1: Well, there are some really wonderful personages there. And Let me uh, gather my thoughts. We, we publish a, um, a very thorough brochure that you can pick up at the cemetery that highlights some of the most important uh, names um, Susanna Dickinson or uh, one, um, who was the messenger of the Alamo. Susanna Dickinson was in the battle uh, with her husband, Elmeron Dickinson, who was a cannoneer. What's not written in the brochure or in the history books is that Elmeron Dickinson served in the Alamo next to my great-great-great-grandfather, oh. uh, And Susanna Dickinson was a survivor, along with my grandmother, my great-great-great-grandmother, Anna Espaisa. That's amazing. And I'm descended from one of the children that survived. And so Susanna Dickinson is buried there next to her fourth husband, uh, uh, Hannig. Uh, Her her last uh, husband was named Hannig, and his name is still on one of the historic buildings on uh, Sixth Street, uh, he was a younger than Susanna. She was finally out of crises when uh, she married uh, her her last husband, Mr. Hennig, and Mr. Hannig was a carpenter who made caskets um, and furniture. And some of what they uh, what he created is on exhibit at the Susanna Dickinson Museum, one of our downtown museums in Brush Square, uh, which is open now, by the way. And so you can see his work there and actually get a downtown tour to learn about where his uh, building, the building that he he built in downtown Austin was. Um, But Susanna passed before him and then Mr. Hannig followed, and they are built, are, are buried side by side at Oakwood Cemetery. Okay. Yesterday I was uh, walking through our fabulous uh, Pease Park um, with all of those new improvements that have happened, thanks in part to the Austin Parks Foundation, uh, but also the Peace Park Conservancy and many, many, many donors. And, oh, it, it was great to see so many improvements there. And um, I ended up near um, the, Custer, the Custer Field, the place where Custer and his army had uh, come after the Civil War to get things settled down in Austin. In that field, uh, Custer and his wife and he, uh, his uh, army had cam- camped. And as I understand it, there was a cholera epidemic at the time, wiping out a number of the soldiers there uh, at Custer Field next to uh, Shoal Creek in Peace Park. Um, I learned, uh, because of the interpretive sign that was there, that some of those soldiers who passed away as a result of cholera are buried at Oakwood Cemetery. Oh. So it's another way, uh, as is Pete's, um, the former governor um, who donated the land for the park, he's buried at Oakwood Cemetery as well. You know Andrew Jackson Zilker is buried at, and pretty much you'll find names of parks and streets from all over the city, the uh, names connected to those places, uh, buried at Oakwood Cemetery.
2: Yeah, that was the thing that really struck me when I visited, was just seeing, oh, I know that name, I know that name, you know, just really making these connections to these figures that are, you know, so many things are named after across the city, and tying them all to that cemetery was really interesting.
1: Yes, yes, it's really an interesting place Mm -hmm. to really read Austin's uh, history, and uh, because it Many, most of the burials there are 19th century. It's wonder, wonderful to see the designs of headstones, the typography, the unique way that they wrote epitaphs, that they memorialized uh, loved ones there. And, you know, I, when I walk through Oakwood Cemetery, I just feel the love, um, the love that family members expressed. Um, in the way that they memorialize their loved ones. Um, So it's a good time for doing that in the fall. Yeah. Um, For commemorating not only our dead, but by wrapping our arms around our loved ones that are living and saying, you know, I really appreciate you. Let's go take a walk in a park.
2: Well, Laura, I just want to say a huge thank you to you for being with us today. I really enjoyed hearing about... Uh, not only sort of the historic, you know, amenities in Austin, but also just um, the the wonderful celebrations that are happening. Um, can you tell our audience how to stay informed about events just sort of year round at Oakwood and at our cultural centers?
1: Well, we have all of our cultural centers links on my homepage, okay. which is called Museums and Cultural Programs. So if you just type that into your uh, from your laptop, your computer, museums and cultural programs, Austin Parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, our website is gonna pop up and you're gonna find links to all of our sites that are doing programming, including the ESB MAC and Oakwood Cemetery. So all of the programming is linked to our sites websites and you can, the, you know, the portal um, is easy to find at museums. And cultural programs in the parks uh, on the parks page, or you can just get to it through Google uh, by typing that in. Um, We also have updates on our um, our construction projects uh, because we have six projects going on at the same time. We're very busy thanks to the twenty eighteen bond.
2: So <laughs>
1: and so updates on all of our construction projects can be found there as well.
2: Excellent, thank you so much, and we'll we'll provide those links uh, in our show notes as well.
1: Thank Fantastic. you, Angela. thank you, Kathleen. Great to talk to you.
2: Good talking with you too. Bye bye. The Austin Parks
0: Cast is a production of Austin Parks Foundation and is presented by Cirrus Logic with support from ACL Music Festival and Wheatsville Co-op. Learn more about the work we do to improve parks for every Austinite at austinparks.org. Austin Parks Foundation is a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving parks, trails, and green spaces across our beloved city. Our tagline is People Plus Parks. We aim to give every Austinite a park within a 10 minute walk, no matter what part of town they call home. If you'd like to support our work in the parks, text APF to 76278 or visit austinparks.org backslash donate today. With your support, we can provide access to wonderful outdoor spaces for every Austinite. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Austin Parks Cast. A friendly reminder that you can listen to all of our previous episodes on your favorite podcast platforms. Do you have a question or topic you'd like us to talk about? Leave us a voice message on our Anchor FM webpage at anchor.fm backslash austinparkscast. We might even play your message on the show. Do you want the latest news from Austin Parks Foundation? Give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. That's all for today's episode. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll talk to y'all soon.